Salutations. Welcome to the evolution of Blithering Thoughts and the Hopeful Humanist Cafe. This is a non-sequitur episode through and through. So yeah, welcome to a make-you-think, one-take, blithering moment. I have a couple things I want to thread together. And I think I'm going to go in a little bit of a different order today. Going to be doing my walk and talk as I pace back and forth from my office area in the basement, whereas it's usually the the central location for my taping of the episodes. But uh, I also like to putter about, and so sometimes I head over to the workshop. Right now, I'm a, I'm enjoying a mon moment happy tea from France. Pass the salt. I'm in France. Any reason to talk about France, right? No. Um, but but I did get this tea from France. It's uh, got uh, some mango, rooibos, uh, am I saying that properly? Some uh, ginger and chamomile. And uh, I'm very much enjoying it. So there's another podcast. I, I told you in my last episode about some interesting podcasts for you to check out the very bad wizards and uh, the partially examined life there's there's a canadian one that i think is becoming quite popular it's called two psychologists four beers it's been talked about uh, a couple times on the very bad wizards uh podcast and uh i I think sometimes they, they they poke and jest but uh so the idea is uh, these two psychologists are um, having some pretty cool conversations with some pretty cool guests, and they're enjoying a, a beverage together. I, I'm not sure if uh, you're aware, but uh, often when I'm having uh, my discussions on the Hopeful Humans Cafe or Blithering Thoughts, I'm enjoying a tea. So that's what I have today. I have my Mon Moment happy tea so I uh, encourage you if you would like to grab a tea as well so yeah the uh, format's going to be changed a little bit I'm going to start off with a quote and then after the quote I'm going to go to my novel first sentence before I get into the t-shirt so yeah here at uh, the evolution of blithering thoughts at the hopeful humanist cafe we're all about creativity and we're all about happiness And my hope is to try to do some things that will facilitate creative juice stimulation. And uh, I mean, we don't know a lot about creativity. It's, It's like consciousness. It's one of the areas in which, you know, there's still a lot of room for study. But my thought is if I throw a quote, if I share a t-shirt idea, and I put out a novel for a sentence, maybe um, I can get people to kind of think outside the box. And hopefully if you're dealing with some kind of barrier, some kind of uh, challenge, it might stimulate some uh, thoughts to transcend the moment. So I've got a quote today. Uh, my last quote also came from this book by Abraham H. Maslow, The Farther Reaches of Human Nature. And I guess when one enjoys a book, 
uh, and they they go through it uh, they're they're inclined to come across a bunch of interesting things so it's not surprising that I get another quote um, from Monsieur Maslow uh, and it goes like this facts just don't lie there like oatmeal in a bowl they do all sorts of things they group themselves and they complete themselves an incomplete series calls for a good completion the crooked picture on the wall begs to be straightened the incompleted problem perseverates and annoys us until we finish it poor gestalton make themselves into better gestalton and unnecessarily complex precepts or memories simplify themselves so yeah i, I was really drawn to this quote the very first sentence got me. Facts don't just lie there like oatmeal in a bowl. And I've always been inclined to feel that way about facts. I mean, Maslow, uh, to read further in this chapter, he suggests that, you know, the is, the fact, often will suggest the ought, like what we ought to do. So if if we want to know what, you know, our purpose or meaning in life is, we just need to really sit down and figure out what it is that we are. We have to know thyself. And for me, I've always thought that if we're going to talk about facts and we're going to put facts on the table, my thought has been that at some point there should be some kind of consensus, some kind of agreement. But that doesn't always seem to happen. And I find that really interesting that you know, someone can state a position, they could put some things on the table, these things called facts, and they should be pointing in a direction and we should all say, yeah, I see where it's oriented to. I, I see where it's going and let's go. Let's, let's go there in that direction and figure out what other things are gonna fall into place. Let's straighten the picture on the wall. But that doesn't happen. I was listening to a Sam Harris uh, episode um, on his uh, podcast, and it's an older one with uh, Jordan Peterson. And for two hours, they had a discussion about facts and truth, and, and they, they didn't really make any progress. And so I just think it's really interesting for us to ask ourselves, when, when it comes to a fact, what do we want from a fact? Like, what do we expect from a fact? What, what makes something a fact? And if, if we were to know something, to be a fact, would it, would it start to suggest some things for us? So when, when I start thinking about this idea of a fact, I'm, I'm thinking about this idea that I got from Yuval Noah Harari in the podcast, well, the YouTube video I, I added as a link with my last episode. And I suggested that perhaps, you know, we watch it and we might learn about the lessons for the 21st century. And, and in there, he was talking about another book. I think it's um, Homo Deus. And in it, he talks about because of technology and the changes that are coming in terms of the future and the displacement of humans f um, from technology and, and robotics, that there might be this creation of a class that he called the useless class. And so this is a theory. It hasn't completely arrived at that point. I mean, right now, we, we have a situation where people have gigs, you know, what we can call the gig economy. And I was thinking about how, you know, in terms of um, your, your reference point, you know, while, while you're 
in a, in a gig economy and you wish you could have full-time work and you can think, well, it's kind of, it's really unfortunate and it's, and it's really um, overwhelming and desperate at times to move from gig to gig. There could be a point that when, you know, people have, they move towards the useless class because there's no places of employment for them to occupy, they could look back longingly, yearningly for, you know, the good old gig days when, you know, you can move from gig to gig. But, but once again, I, I think the whole idea about happiness and creativity is uh, relevant for this idea about the, the theory that there one day will be a useless class. And, and my thought about that theory, well, it's not yet a fact, that if it was a fact, one of the qualities that I talked about in the previous episode is that we really need to facilitate, encourage, and foster creativity so that not only people can feel relevant, but they can also occupy uh, occupy space and place in this world so that they can have like a meaningful existence. So we really have to continue to experiment with things that can allow us to probe the depths of our creative thinking. So to that end, I want to start with a sentence. And I'm going to encourage you to go to show notes and, and look at the sentence. I'm going to, to in introduce this video. I'm going to, I'm going to put the, uh, the novel first sentence at, uh, in, in the introduction uh, for the show notes of this episode. And I think you're going to need to uh, look at it because there are a couple words that I italicize. So yeah, I, I got really excited about this. So I'm going to just introduce the thought, go to the t-shirt, and then return to the thought because I want there to be an opportunity for some percolation. But uh, I, I have talked to a number of people about this this sentence or a couple of sentences, and I was concerned that it, maybe it was grammatically uh, problematic or uh, maybe it was just a little too utterly confusing. But but for the sake of uh, what I'm attempting to achieve, it has to be somewhat ambiguous. So here's the the uh, sentence. Bruce's silicon synapses spontaneously started sparking with a gnawing curiosity. Would they accept him? What if they didn't? Hmm. How could he test the waters with his kids? Maybe he should tell them your mom's a robot. Okay, so just kind of percolate on that for a second and we'll come back to it. So our, our t-shirt idea for the day, uh, I w once again, I guess uh, one of the podcasts, I, I guess it's, it's apparent that I probably, um, if, if not enjoy, I turn to because I think it, it provides a lot of food for thought would be uh, Sam, Sam Harris's podcast. And uh, in one of them, they were talking about uh, truth and deception. And I said when uh, with with one of these uh, the guests the the idea was you know when he was exploring you know the nature in which uh, or the structure of a lie that a lie has to include something that's grounded in the realm of possibility. So he was talking about you know the dog ate my homework and the reason we say that is because people do have dogs. There are these things that we know that are dogs. And, uh, you know, I, I guess a dog, because they chew things up, could possibly, you know, eat, eat someone's homework. And, and I kind of thought, you know, uh, wouldn't it be interesting 
if uh, when when people were trying to create a space to say, you know, like I didn't do it and I'm going to give this thing that seems like I'm going to be suggesting that uh, I did it, but I didn't. But I'm going to I'm going to fashion in such a way that I mean, it's not even grounded in reality. So maybe I can get out of this situation uh, with 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 a little bit of um, humor and and make whatever amends are necessary and then move forward. So the T-shirt idea that I have is the unicorn flew away with my homework. Uh, my son recently broke his arm when he was at school on the monkey bars and uh, he, he got a cast and he asked me to write something on his his cast. And I was like, I don't know, like, what, you know, I wanted to write the perfect thing. And that became an obstacle. And uh, so I, I decided, you know, I have to write something. I said, oh, hey, when you when you go to homework, you can maybe uh, playfully. He did do his homework, but I, I, I thought playfully you, you can maybe share. You didn't get your homework done and say that your, your dad um, provided you with a note about why it didn't happen. And uh, I, so I wrote on his cast, the, the unicorn flew away with my homework. So that's my t-shirt idea. Now, the reason I think it's quite fun is because it's, it's so nonsensical. Um, but, but even in the nonsensical world in which uh, we imagine it existing, there's a, there's a whole bunch of other interesting questions that kind of come from it. And once again, this is just a, a, an, an experiment with creativity. Just, a, just like these are kind of like thought experiments. So if we imagine being in that world where the unicorn flies away with um, a young person's homework, you, you, there's certain questions. Well, well first of all, I mean, I, I do know that there have been ideas and images presented of... Uh, um, unicorns having wings, but I mean, maybe there's a little bit of a presumption there, you know, uh, how, how do we know a unicorn could fly away, uh, when in fact unicorns don't exist? Um, because how, how do we know, or why would we presume that they, they have wings? Uh, the, the other thought I had is, uh, you know, if, if they did fly away, if they do have wings and they flew away with um, one's homework. What, what would they do with it? What would possibly, with a, with a dog, we know that maybe the dog just chewing things and it end up chewing the homework. But if we imagine a unicorn coming into someone's place, you know, like how did that happen? How did the, how the unicorn get in the house? And and when the unicorn got in the house, do we did we know the unicorn was in the house? And you know, did it leave a whole bunch of track marks and? Um, and, and in terms of all the things it could take, why would the unicorn take the homework? What, what's up with that? Is it, is it planning on um, getting some kind of free education? Or is there's a limited availability of books in the, the unicorn library? And, and this was one especially interesting to uh, the unicorn. So yeah, there's, uh, there's my thought uh, for a t-shirt. Uh, the unicorn flew away with my homework. Now, before we get back to the novel first sentence, um, I'm going to do another uh, taboo uh, activity. I got a word here that I would like to uh, attempt to get you to say uh, from wherever you are, even though I can't hear it. And there are a bunch of words here I, I, I can't say. Uh, 
because uh, they're taboo. Um, so I've I, I picked four words and then, then I'll, I'll take a pause and then I'll share the words that uh, I wasn't able to say to see if, if you didn't get the word that uh, maybe um, it will uh, help you get closer to that word. So here are my four words. Water cooler. Toxic. Chatter. Mean tails. Okay. So what is the word that I'd like you to say? You got it? Okay. Um, and, and, and here, hold it in your mind's eye. Uh, I will reveal the word in a second, but uh, maybe you might want to tweak your guess because um, here are the taboo words I wasn't supposed to say. Dirt. Talk. Column. Rumors. And grapevine. Okay. So the word was gossip. The word was gossip. Okay, so uh, the, the most exciting part for me today in terms of uh, this episode is really getting back to the novel first sentence. So when I shared this with some people, one, one person's response was, what? What? No, I, I, don't, I don't know what's going on. The, the other, another thought was, what's up with all these... Uh, these S's, um, silicon synapses spontaneously started sparking. You know, that's a, that's a pretty big alliteration you got going on there. Is, is there something there that I should be honing in on? Is, is that the central uh, piece of uh, concern in terms of this sentence? Another person uh, said, well, so Bruce told a lie? Well, I, I don't like that. Um, Bruce should uh, try to figure another way at about, uh, about getting acceptance. Uh, so, and then another person brought up this idea that Bruce was transitioning. So this, this was very fascinating to me. So the, the backstory, let me give you the backstory now. So here's Bruce's silicon, no, Bruce's silicon synapses spontaneously started sparking with a gnawing curiosity. Would they accept him? What if they didn't? Hmm. How could he test the waters with his kids? Maybe he should tell them your mom's a robot. So what, what I'm attempting to capture with the sentence is that Bruce is a robot. And he's arrived at a point where for whatever reasons, he, he wasn't programmed to become conscious, but spontaneously some, some sparks start happening. And then there's this gnawing curiosity. He, he, he becomes kind of obsessed, which is something a robot would not do. Um, about his, his kids accepting him, you know, would they accept him? And, and, and he's not sure if he wants to tell them that he's a robot. So he, he comes up with this thought that he'll test them. And maybe, maybe what he should say is that your mom's a robot so he can see how they respond to that before he admits to them that he's the robot. So in terms of the backstory, everyone's a little like, so what's going on here? The idea is that there was uh, this uh, happily married couple or couple that was married and uh, from all appearances, they looked to be happy. They were smiling. They spent time together. And unfortunately, uh, the husband passed away. And then this, this, this person in her 
sadness and desperation in a, in a future world where this was commonplace had the option of having a, a robot. Uh, she could get a robot that looked like her husband that would do all the, the things that her husband would do and the kids would have a father and, and they wouldn't know the difference, right? Which, you know, I guess there's this idea of deception there and uh, that becomes a whole other discussion. But I, I was wondering initially about thinking that, you know, what would happen if the mom had said to the kids, you know, your dad's a robot and, uh, you know, he was. And, and, and how would that affect the kids would would they accept their dad um, now a robot being a robot i guess that's irrelevant and the focus was more on how that would impact the kids you know psychologically knowing that they thought that there was a certain kind of relationship that was different than uh they they had imagined but but there, something caught my attention and, and i was imagining all of a sudden like well what about from the robot's perspective Right? And this is where the create the the thought experiment is is an important kind of activity, kind of just stepping outside of the bounds of the usual. And I imagine that you know um, I I thought about imagine if the robot somehow became conscious. You know we have that discussion all the time uh, about AI and you know what the future will look like. And there's always these fears, but I imagined that there was this robot that invested in his relationship with his kids and his wife. And that he arrived at a point, and so there's the he italicized, right? Is he a he? Um, and and they are they his kids? You know, we had these questions, and uh, he's concerned. Like, will they accept him? He wants to be accepted. A very human thing. And then we can imagine that he comes up with this test because he wants to protect himself, and he does something very human. Uh, which at the same time threatens his relationship with his kids because once they find out that he lied to him, they won't trust him. But all in all, this is all a very human thing for him to do. So paradoxically, he would be seen as acting in a human way, but perhaps would not be accepted because of the deception that he initiated by telling this lie. And when, when I had shared this backstory, uh, one person identified that uh, she thought because of the uh, he and him being italicized that uh, perhaps Bruce wanted to transition. And it made me, all of a sudden, a whole bunch of other interesting thoughts kind of uh, presented themselves. First of all, robots aren't, don't have a gender. I mean, th that's the way I would understand it. You know, a robot would be a, a creation and it wouldn't be male or female. But if we arrived at a point in time where robots were programmed uh, with a male or female kind of perspective or um, stereotypes of behaviors that were socially agreed to uh, at that certain historical period in time. Uh, what, what would we do or how would we respond to a situation where the robot might say, you know, if, if the robot achieved a level of consciousness, because consciousness is evolving, right? In terms of uh, Yuval Noah Harari, he's identified that the kind of middle-class consciousness that exists today in modern times 
is a consciousness that didn't exist two million years ago with Homo erectus or the Neanderthals. And so we have a whole new kind of consciousness now and there are potentialities of consciousness. So in the future, perhaps there would be a kind of consciousness that doesn't exist that we can't anticipate. And that might be a form of a robot consciousness. And what would we do if at that point the robot had declared the program doesn't sit with the way I want to be oriented in this world. What if the, the dad robot said, I should be a mum robot? What would we do? And I mean, we could dismiss this as being um, fantastical thinking. But in terms of a thought experiment, uh, I, I think it, it, prevents, it presents an interesting opportunity to imagine um, an ethical moment in the, in the possible potential future. And really for me, it's kind of like, you know, how would you like to go forward uh, as, you know, in terms of this, this human hubris that uh, often exists in terms of the idea of thinking like there's a supremacy, a human supremacy in terms of consciousness. If there were different kinds of consciousness and we talk about human rights, but maybe at some point we might be talking about consciousness rights and, and the various forms of consciousness that have to be accorded certain protections, rights and responsibilities. So it's, it, it for me became really interesting. I don't have any answers. Um, uh, it, it just can, it, it continues to leave me in a state of elevated interest and uh, it, it, it speaks to uh, the imagination to wonder what would be the thing to do in terms of remedying that dilemma by putting yourself in all those different positions, putting yourself in the position of uh, the children to find out that a parent would be a robot, um, to, to be the parent that has to tell their children that a parent is a, a robot, to be the robot that perhaps has consciousness and then is concerned about being accepted as being a robot, you know, being accepted as one authentic self. And uh, the idea that, you know, when, when we program um, robots, that if there was a certain achievement and a certain kind of thing that we would agree was a form of consciousness, uh, and there was a reaction against the programming uh, in terms of that, that conscious, uh, entity, um, er, that kind of an emergent consciousness, what, what would be our responsibility? I, I find that quite fascinating. So I leave that with you to, to think about, and I offer my novel first sentences as uh, possibly something to stimulate some free writing to get a little bit adventurous. Always the hope is that perhaps with these different activities, they might uh, encourage a person to think outside the box and tackle some kind of barrier or obstacle to transcend that and to solve a problem, overcome a barrier, to, if nothing else, also in terms of happiness, just use that creative muscle because in terms of creating, there's something very fulfilling that we experience in the process.
I thought too that it would be nice to uh, provide a link for a song that uh, might be connected to this uh, the idea of uh, thinking outside the box and, and, and making sure that we're not just caught up in linear thinking. Sometimes when I hear a song, it definitely helps me kind of get uh, out of, uh, you know, my usual linear one track kind of uh, thinking uh, perspective. So I'm going to provide a link for a song by Supertramp. I think it's a pretty cool song and it's called The Logical Song. And uh, we, we at times get caught up in one track linear thinking and uh, to get outside of that I think that the, the song suggests uh, there's a, a little bit of a, a, a danger that's involved in that because um, we you know from from the last episode we see that uh, Maslow provided a definition about those who are, are, are uh, in touch with their their creative um, impulses uh, that they're often seen as bohemian kind of uh, he used the word um, and uh, I, I imagine that some people will be quite uh, uncomfortable with it but uh, he used the word that sometimes maybe we gotta get a little crazy and that there could be some some fruits and some benefits and and I think that that would definitely be a important uh, thing to to achieve especially if we're moving towards a point where uh, in the future we might see the the uh, this the rise of the useless class and I and I, I mean it, it, it wouldn't be much of a rise would it it would be you know um, a, a definitely a doldrum place to be so give a listen to the uh, logical song and uh, try to get get some uh, creativity going uh, by thinking about my novel first sentence and uh, maybe it's time to get a, a t-shirt that uh, playfully identifies the reason you didn't get anything done today is because the unicorn flew away with my homework. Peace and take care.